It's time for the movie raid, and tonight's victim is actress Rochelle Henry. That has played in Losing It in My Somewhere as a Goth. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Oh, same old, same old. I'm trying to keep my body parts together from freezing off. It's okay. <laughs> what have we been up to so far? So, I've been working on a few projects that I can't say anything about right now, but also I've been working on some of my own projects that I am directing, producing, writing, re-editing some of my projects. Also, I'm auditioning, and I have multiple films in the festival circuit and multiple films that have gotten onto streaming platforms. So promoting those has been really fun. I'm actually going to uh, Santa Fe on the 16th to go and promote my Summer's of Goth. It is premiering at the Santa Fe Film Festival. So me and a few other cast members and our director, we're going to there and promoting this really special coming of age feature film to everyone. Very nice, very nice. Now, are you doing pretty much all this yourself? I mean, have you do you actually have some uh, a, like a big network of people that are actually helping you here? Are you pretty much going on your own and trying to finance issues yourself and getting all this out there? Well, I'm very fortunate that my family is extremely supportive. I wouldn't be able to do anything without them, and they've always been supporting me since day one. So we actually have a production company together, RPM Martin Productions. They're my co-producers on it. So we work together. We're an amazing team. We all have our jobs that we're really good at, and then we always collaborate and work together, and we always come up with amazing teams for our films that we produce. Very nice. Now, when it comes to with your acting, and of course, acting can be very rough, uh, as everybody knows, you know, the career of acting can be very slim at times, especially even at your age. Do you consider using as directing and producing as an alternative just in case acting is kind of a little bit slim or you're not getting as many jobs, as, you know, throughout the year? A little bit. It, it's also because I've always had a fascination with all aspects of filmmaking. And growing up in Seattle, because it's a smaller indie market, you have more opportunities to learn about some of those different kinds of, of jobs in the film industry. When I first came into the Seattle film industry, it was trying to remember what year, but the big buzzword around at the time was mentorship and mentoring. So when I came in, I was really fortunate because everyone in Seattle was talking about, okay, we need to mentor the next generation of filmmakers. We need to actually teach people and give them the tools to create. I was just, you know, a young little actress and filmmaker, and they all, when I met people, they're like, oh, okay, here, let's, let's give her some more tools and help her build. So I made connections, and I have had numerous mentors, and I was on set all the time, so I got to learn everything firsthand experience, along with classes, too. So I got the best of both worlds going to classes to learn. Also, studying online is always a great tool, but the best you can get is first-hand experience on a set. So I was really fortunate to be able to get that. And my first project that I directed for the Adobe Pitch Project, which is a project that is well, eight, 19 and under. I'm trying to remember what the youngest age was, but 19 and under. And what they do was they would we had to go through multiple rounds of pitching project and it wasn't all film some people had music projects some had photography projects but we were all you know competing for a grant and they only had a few slots open so i had to go through multiple rounds of interviews with pitching my project and i eventually was awarded the grant and we each got mentors we were supposed to team up with oh all, all of our projects were for a cause we all had our own cause that we were going to be using these projects for mine was animal testing we were supposed to be paired up with one 
nonprofit organization. So I was lucky I got two nonprofits come on board with me. I have Emerald City Pet Rescue and I had Paws. And that one I originally wasn't going to direct. I was only going to act and produce in. But when I was pitching it, they said, well, because this is a youth project, we'd really like if you would also direct and edit too and edit on Adobe Premiere since this is Adobe. And I'm like, okay. And <laughs> I learned a lot from that from directing and acting at the same time. But I had mentors who helped me out the entire time, and so many people donated their time and worked so hard, and I'm so grateful for them. I mean, my first film I directed, I had three red cameras, a, a movie, another gimbal, and a drill. That was my first thing I directed, and I can't think of a better way to start my directorial debut than to have those kind of resources and people who are knowledgeable about those resources on set with I was really fortunate. And then from there, like everything else I've directed and produced, I've learned each time things to do, things not to do, and I'm still learning. I mean, I have mistakes from all my films that I see, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that next time. Okay, I should have done this. And I mean, of course, we're alone, we're sick, but at the same time, you do have to look at those mistakes, and you do have to learn from them. I mean, you can't, you know, beat yourself up. But you have to go, okay, I see this problem. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to do better. I'm going to keep working at it. And that's what you do. You just look at it and go, okay, that's my that's my guide. That's my stepping stone for how I'm going to get better. Because you don't become Spielberg overnight. <laughs> yeah, everybody makes mistakes like that. Even the big big leaguers make mistakes because even because it may not be a directorial mess up entirely, but like let's say they miss hap- an, a critical error in a storyline that they wanted to do, but they didn't get the exact uh, history correct in the film or whatever. And so you know, there's your one mistake exactly. there. You know, <laughs> but when it comes to the directing and between the acting, it's actually good for you because you can build a relationship with all the other actors and the other crew, and because you yourself has this experience. You yourself can formulate a good relationship because they get it, you get it, and y'all, y'all can just work together and try to make this picture work right. Exactly, and I found it very helpful for acting, too, to have learned multiple sides on the camera, like editing. Because now I know things like, okay, if you stand a little bit out of frame, you could easily get cropped out, or even simple things as if you talk too fast, really hard to cut dialogue and really hard to edit around things. So leaving a little bit of a space after each line, not a long space, but a little bit enough that an editor could easily just, you know, cut right there and then on a movement and cut to the next shot. I mean, there's so many little things that you can learn, how you're going to stand in an angle toward the camera. Like, there's so many little things, technical things, that I didn't learn in, like, acting, but I learned in things about directing, editing, producing, that I have found so just, critical for my career as an actor too so they all go full circle and you learn different things about each job from another job so it's it's so interesting do you think teen actors have a better source in terms, uh, especially today, in terms of getting more out there or getting, or do you think they're more restricted or, or more at uh, a specific limit to what they are capable of in acting? I think there's a little bit of both. I think that there's one, one thing is that, you know, sometimes it's easy with so much information to not get the right information. So I think that people, like, after starting out, need to be careful. Like, I was fortunate. I got really good messages. But there are sometimes people that, you know, won't give me good mentorship. But I have had great coaches, like Don Jacobson, who taught, who 
he still teaches at Freehold Theater, and he's have um, the film school in Seattle. And at UW, he, he's one of my mentors who taught me about all sorts of things besides acting, like art and you know literature, and so much. And then oh, directing too. I taking next school. I taking two directing classes with him. And then David Hogan and Angela DeMarco of Mighty Tripod. I've known them for years, and they've been great mentors. And in terms of like editing and photography and things, Kirk Lynn has been helpful, and Michael Clevin, they for sound, he taught me about sound design. I mean, there's so many, I, I can go on and go along for people that have helped me. But in terms of acting, you know, being careful in terms of who you pick, because some people won't give you good advice, and some people will be scam deals. Like if someone's like, oh, I can get you into this, with this big agent if you pay me a ton of money. Yeah, that's a scam, avoid that. Of course, being careful with, and the good thing is, there's so many resources for getting yourself out there, and the casting databases, they're now open. Being able to get resources online to help you, in terms of like even learning how to film an audition tape, there's so much. So I think that there's a little bit of both. I think there's a little bit more challenge, and at the same time, there is some easier things about it nowadays. Well, not only that, but even parents are a little bit are more out there. I mean, you know how they used to complain how having children and, and like, let's say, horror films or any other films that may potentially endanger them even if they're teenagers and so forth, but now they're more cooperative, but not not just money, but also at the same time, there are parents out there or there are other people out there that are keeping the teenager from acting because of the money, because they want the money, and not only that, uh, the teenager, for some reason, you know, they're not taking this opportunity to learn for themselves like you're learning right now to instead of just doing the job and not knowing where to go from there yeah i have always it's always been what i've wanted my family's always said if you ever want to quit acting tell us and i'm like you know i've, I've never once said it there's of course days where things are hard but that doesn't mean i'm not to, i've never wanted to quit it's always more of okay I got to rethink a new strategy to how to get better on this. But it's never been an, I want to quit. It's always an, okay, I need to, here's a new solution for how I'm going to drive forward. And yeah, but there's a lot of resources out there. And it is a tough industry. So if you don't actually want to do it, you know, go do it. You do have to have some tough skin in it because there's a lot of rejection and there's a lot of challenges that come up your way. I just run toward it. It's, it's like in Harry Potter. You run toward that wall in the train station and then you're going to get the Hogwarts eventually. You just have to keep running really hard. Such a passion for me. I get so excited talking about films and talking about acting and just talking with other filmmakers and telling people what my job is like. I mean, I get so excited about it. It's in me. It's a part of me. See, a lot of times with these actors, too, I mean, they've been doing it for so long. Like, that feeling, like you're feeling right now, like you're excited, you're, you love it, you love doing this. A lot of these guys, they, they don't love it anymore. They, you know, sure, they, they act, they do this, they do all directing and all that stuff, but they're not having fun anymore. They're just doing the, the same thing over and over, even if they're doing project after project. And the problem is that feeling, you know, I think they lost that feeling or like, you know, trying to get back to that feeling. They lost their way to get back to that point to where they could, you know, not just being a better filmmaker, but making even better films than they did in the last one. And I find that really sad. For me, I always see that there's new opportunities and there's new things to learn and there's always something on the horizon. So if you don't get one job you were really wanting to get, it's like one door closes, another one opens. And I've cried over things I didn't get. I've had a few really big opportunities, two or three really big opportunities that I was like on a veil for. Huge projects. I 
was in the top handful, and I was like, or top, I was runner-up for one thing. And, you know, you feel like, oh, man, what did I do wrong? Why didn't I get it? I really, really wanted this. How come I didn't get it? But I can cry through tears over it. Eventually have to say, okay, that task is for them. That job was meant for them. That is, you got it. That does not mean that was my job. I have a different job. You might meet someone really randomly, or you might get a job that's really random, and you might think, oh, it's, you know, this isn't going to go anywhere, it's just another job. But no, 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 don't ever think that, because you never know who you're going to meet and what project is going to lead to what. All of it's important. So never think, oh, this thing's little, it doesn't matter, it all matters. It all teaches you something. It's all stepping stones, and you never know who's going to see it or who's working on it that can help you or what this project will do for you personally. You never know. You might meet someone now and not talk to them for a long time and work on a project with them again, and it's a huge deal. You never know. It's happened before, and you learn a lot from them. The relationships you build in filmmaking are really important, and I have so many relationships and so many friends I've built. I mean, it means a lot to me. I mean, there's a thing that's even family, too. Like, there's some people that you grow really close to in this industry, and it becomes a family. There's always something around the corner, and there's always more to do. How does the media make you react when you find a new discovery in this medium, and how do you want people to identify you in the media? That's a really good question. Like, social media? Social media, yeah, the press, everybody, television, anybody that is, is wanting to, so to, so to speak, discover you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of required. Like, even on casting databases, they'll say, um, needs to have a social media following of, like, 5K or more people. And, you know, and there's been rules I couldn't get because I didn't have enough social media status or I didn't have a check mark next to my name or that I didn't have 100,000 uh, followers. But, you know, keeping up with it, I mean, it's like a time-consuming job, keeping up with it and working on it, responding to people's messages about those, you know, posts you make or the photos you post. And, of course, like with press, like, you want to work really hard so it's being a nice person, of course. Like, if you do something mean and it like, gets in the press, oh, no. Being a nice person is number one. Being a good person is the number one thing. Working really hard and continuing to work hard at your job and caring about people in your job um, and just caring about people in general. You know, doing things for others. I've gotten to build microhomes for homeless people. I don't do that for press attention or anything. I do that just because I really do care and because I want to help people. Of course, like, if, like, it gets, it gets, posted about it, then people are like, oh, well, I mean, is that, is she actually doing it? No, I actually, I actually do do that. I was, uh, the other day I was looking at stuff online about how to work on Habitat, Habitat for Humanity, and I went into one of their, um, they have a Habitat for Humanity restore down here, and I was, like, looking around at it, and, you know, seeing that there's, like, volunteer positions, like, of course, like, I actually do think about how can I give back. And sometimes it does make it into a press, but that's not why you do it. And other things you go to because it is a PR thing. And you do do as many PR opportunities as you can. I do those, and I do the interviews. But if you do want to keep up in the world, and you do want people to know what you're working on, and, you know, get your name out there and get, you know, constant visibility, because even famous actors, if they, you know, stop being in the light for even just a second, then it gets hard to come back in. Of course, keeping up with that is really important, and it's 
you know, it to make those two back for too little. It's such a, a balance. You have to really just like analyze it and go, okay, it's part of the job though. It really is. And it used to not be when aimed media. On the age of the internet, we need in social media. You need to keep up with your Instagram. It might sound weird, but you, you do. So I definitely think that press is valuable, and you have to do it right. But not just for attention. Don't just post something just because you feel so pretty and good about yourself. And just because you want to see how many thousands of people can it like, uh, how much attention you can get. No, I when I do it, it to just maintain, you know, position to keep getting an audience for work. You know, I don't try to do it just to, I don't sit and count how many followers that I have and, you know, how many numbers. I mean, it's track them. I don't sit there and just obsess over it. Well, go ahead and plug in anything that you want to plug in, any websites, any release dates, anything that you are allowed to talk about, any uh, current projects that might be coming out this year and so forth. Okay. The film Mendy got on Reverie Channel, which is, I think I saw that it was dubbed the LGBT Netflix, so that's really cool. It was on the Starbucks channel for a while. It premiered this and it premiered Outfest which are all really big film festivals and many others. So now available for streaming. So everyone go check that out. The few minutes I'm in, and it's all about the mixed race cultural love story that, that shows that love has no love has no boundaries, the best way to put it. It's a really beautiful little film. So My Summer's a Goth, big in the festival circuit right now. It's going to be playing at Santa Fe Film Festival February 16th. I'm going to be going. So if you're in New Mexico... Come join me. It'll be a blast. It'll be me, Natalie Shershow, Carter Rue Allen, and our amazing director, Tara Johnson Mettinger. So we're going to be there. It's a cute film. It's such a sweet film. It's going to, oh, it's also going to be at the Ghost Festival, I think it's called. Um, There's a music music festival in Whitby, England that I really want to go to. I'm like... I'm so hard trying to go. I really, really want to go. Because England's like one of my number one places to go. To be premiering in 2019, we are trying to have it screen at Woodstock. Um, it's it's another coming of age film. Yeah, those are the ones that you can go check out right now. Oh, and my social media handles. I am at the Rochelle Henry on Instagram. I am Rochelle M Henry on Twitter. I am at Rochelle Henry actress on my actor. Page. I have a personal one too, but that's my actor page. And my website is www.rochellehenry.com. Oh, I'm also on YouTube. Yeah. You can go and check those out too. Yeah. And of course, I'm DD. And there you have it, everybody. That is actress, director, producer, Rochelle Henry. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun.